Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning, and it probably isn't at one buck place this morning, a place Key knows rather well. You just heard the fellas, Scott Van Pelt, Ryan Clark, essentially saying when Brady gets pressured, what happened? The pipes burst, just like any other quarterback in football. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. NFL insider Dan Graziano is going to join us here in just one moment. But, Key, it stands to reason, I guess we're just so used to Tom Brady on the biggest stages in football coming through in the biggest of ways. And, of course, he's earned that reputation because he's done it time and time again. But I got to mention, on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago, just barely avoiding the shutout, putting three on the board, maybe the worst performance he's had uh, certainly in Tampa, and maybe even going back to New England, a shellacking by the Saints like we've never seen before to a Tom Brady-led team. Then on Thursday night, the faux pas with the four fingers, the four downs, where are we, what's going on? That happened on a Thursday night. Then on a Monday night, they eked one out over the New York Giants. And then on this Monday night, just a few hours ago, they lose to a very, very good Rams team. But it's been a little strange to see him on the biggest of stages. We're used to seeing him dominate the biggest of stages and just not so much this year as first in Tampa. I've seen him lose big Monday night games before. I've seen him lose Sunday night games before. I've seen him lose Thursday night games before. It, it's Tom Brady. He's human. The guy is human. He, he, he's won a lot in this league. And he, as long as he continues to play, he's going to win more in this league. I just think that... It was so much put on the Tom Brady, the Tampa hype, the Gronkowski's joining him, coming out of retirement. Oh, my God, they got Leonard Fournette. Woo! Uh, Ant- Antonio Brown staying at his house. He signed him, his buddy. They're going to be rolling. It's like those other teams get paid, too. You know, it's like the Rams hear all of this noise. The Saints hear all of the noise. The Chicago Bears, at the time that they were playing okay, heard the noise. And I think when you look at it, you're only a couple weeks away or removed from the Green Bay shellacking that Tom Brady gave Green Bay. And, and so you, you, you go back and forth with what Tom Brady is. The recipe to beat him is to do exactly what the Rams and the Bears did. Get after of him. Same thing the Saints did. Get after him. Get him off his mark. Make him feel certain pressure that's not even there at times. Make him duck when there's nobody around him. Make him feel like he sees color. That's how you beat him. That's how you beat him. Right before we hear from Jay, I just want to quickly mention this is a little bit of a nerdy thing and not exactly something that's going to be out there all morning long as people dissect what happened to the Bucks last night. But their left guard, Ali Marpet, great player, Ali Marpet. This guy plays a small college player. He missed the game last night with a concussion. Uh, third consecutive game he's missed. Lou Riddick essentially said last uh, morning when he was on our show, right when he was getting set to call Monday Night Football, that Ali was playing at an all-pro level. It's not something a lot of people talk about because it's the interior line, but not having him certainly hurts. And you saw the pressure Brady was taking, especially when maybe the best cog of his interior line had missed his third straight game. Just worth mentioning. Can you know? it, that, No, I'm saying that's good. All that's great. But you know it's a dude number 99 on the other side. Aaron so Donald? no matter who you put... <laughs> In front of 99, he was going to push the pocket regardless. Jay, jump in here. Hold on, Key. Hold on, Key. Zubin, I, I feel like you're starting to sound like Lamar Jackson. Are you giving me excuses <laughs> at the post-presser after the game? I mean, what what's going on? And, and Key, look, I agree with you, man. When you look at the roster on paper, man, it looks it looks pretty. They have all these weapons. But the one thing that we've both been talking about is that Rome was not built in one day. Like it's going to take time for all these pieces to find their their rhythm, to find their heartbeat. And I, once again, I, I think we saw that last night. 
And just this, I think all the experts that you start listening to that say, well, you know, Tom Brady, he plays his best football in November and December. Like, we just need to press pause on that narrative for a while and actually give this team the, the room they need to grow. Because what I saw this past weekend is such a it's a pretty big drop off key. So I watch, you know, Green Bay versus the Colts. Aaron Rodgers gets the ball two minutes left. Crazy drive. Right? It gets him for a field goal to send that game into overtime. Now, they eventually lose, but still, you expected that from Aaron Rodgers. I watched the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Okay? Oh, okay. Patrick Mahomes gets the ball, two minutes left. Boom. Takes a drive down the field. They score. They win. I watched this game. A part of me wants to go back. Oh, Tom Brady, two minutes and 30 seconds. This is the time he does it. And he throws a pick, and you're just like, what Tom, what Tom Brady am I watching? I go back to Tom versus time. Is time just winning this battle ultimately, or do we just need to give him a little bit more time to see what this team will be next year? No, man. Did he was was uh, was time a problem last week against the Carolina Panthers when they doubled him up, forty six twenty three? It's it, it, no, it's not. It's We're just talking about the Panthers, though, right? No, but it's you. You went up against the number two defense in the National Football League. You went up against Jalen Ramsey. You went up against Brockers and Aaron Donald. I mean, you went up against a pretty damn good defense and so when you look at that you gotta say okay they they beat you from a defensive scheme standpoint nobody even if Aaron Donald didn't get a sack he was around Tom Brady Tom Brady knew when he was on the field and when he wasn't on the field and that's important I, I'm not willing to say that father time is catching up with Tom Brady I remember Max Kellerman uh, I don't know what year it was but Max Kellerman said that he was gonna fall off a cliff I think Brady went on to win like two Super Bowls no. after that. I mean, it's not – I don't even want to go down that avenue. And I think one of the things that they got to realize is uh, – understand, and I think they will, is who is the passing game going to go through? Is it going to go through A.B., uh, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronkowski? It's got to go through somebody. And I think for Tom Brady, he has to go back in the lab and realize, I got to get the ball to Mike Evans. I got I to gotta get the ball to Mike Evans. I know Gronkowski. I trust him and A.B. They're cool. A.B.'s at my house. All that's fine. But Mike Evans is the key to that passing game. And they refuse to continue to feed him. They should have fed him all night long. Make Jalen Ramsey be the all-pro that we think he is. You make him become that player. You don't go away from your number one dog. And we're tied on to that key. Antonio Brown, 13 targets last night. Mike Evans, only nine. Those are some good numbers for sure. Here's some more numbers. We're asking you this morning on the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation who the biggest threat is to the Saints right now. Before we give you some of the response in the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, the numbers I wanted to mention are this, fellas. Since Sean McVay arrived and essentially became the youngest head coach in modern NFL history back in 2017, the Saints are 1-3 and three against McVay and company. So just keep that in mind. Right now, the Saints sit in the top spot in the NFC. The Rams, the surging Rams, are right behind them in the two spot. So we're asking you this morning, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Key J and Z on Twitter, biggest threat to the Saints. KC1798, sorry, KC1798 underscore. You can't pick KC in this particular discussion, but he's going with... <laughs> The Rams, here's the rationale, fellas. They're playing some great football, and as long as Goff is playing like he is, they're dangerous. The defense is undoubtedly top five, and they have a real good offense with that young backfield. Key, you mentioned, obviously, the defense led by Aaron Donald, but 
Henderson and Cam Akers, who I loved in college. He ended up playing at a period of Florida State where Florida State was a little off the national yeah, radar. Yeah. Tough runner, big-time player. And you're right. You give me Goff, those two guys, and double-digit receptions last night from Cup and from Robert Woods. That's an offense that really could light it up. Well, I think you 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 talk about statistical side of things with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, but then there's Reynolds that's there that can make a play or two for you. Vance Jefferson comes in. He makes a play for you on the touchdown. Higby's there at the other tight end. Everett's there at the yeah. tight end spot. You got Henderson and you got Akers at the running back position. Whitworth's not in the lineup at the left tackle position. If he comes back come playoff time, that's the one soft spot for me that I worry about with the Rams is the left tackle. Andre Whitworth was there for a long period of time, long time NFL guy, you know. And so when you when you remove him from the lineup, you got to figure out how to protect that backside of Jared Goff because he too is another quarterback that when you start to put that pressure around him and put people in his face, he could turn the football over in a in an alarming rate, as you saw last night with the two interceptions. Take me inside real quick with the guy, just real quick here. With Andrew Whitworth, he does bring a ton of experience to the table. When you've got a young golf, a young backfield, young receivers, Whitworth has been around the league for a long time, long-time Cincinnati Bengal. He's kind of been the heart and soul in terms of experience. What does that do for a young team? Well, it, it helps because he knows the, he knows the good and the bad, right? He's been in Cincinnati, so clearly he knows the bad. <laughs> but but I think you got a veteran guy there that has no panic that sets in. When when you get an edge rusher on the outside, when you get a, a, a Jason Pierre-Paul or you get a, a Khalil Mack or some of these guys that come off that edge – he knows what to do to protect his quarterback. And so you always want to have that left tackle like a Andrew Whitworth there to protect Jared Goff because, again, when they start to hover around Jared Goff's legs and knocking him down, he'll turn the ball over. He just – that's just – all quarterbacks are like that. Yeah, last night he had the pocket that Tom Brady wishes he had on – yeah, go ahead, kid. But when you saw when our Twitter poll question, it's the Rams. I mean, it's the, it's the Rams for Easy me. Easy for you. Yeah, it's not – it's the Rams. It's not even – you mentioned it uh, – Sean McVay is three and one against them. The playoff, you know, the playoff to lead to to the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship game, and then three regular season games or two regular season games. Right. The Saints fans will not let that Nicole Roby Coleman. They just will not let that go. Are they supposed to? I understand. Damn referees. (laughs) Totally understand. Referees made me mad last night, too. Got a break. Okay. (laughs) On the way, the Ravens right now are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. But what happens if they lose to the Steelers on Thursday? We'll dig inside their organization with our NFL insider. Go inside Lamar's mind next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again. By visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Those the words of Booger McFarland. I would tend to agree, especially after the rivalry that these two have had hard-hitting Ryan Clark, the Super Bowl champion, when he comes on the show and says, when it's Ravens week, you feel it two weeks after. Two weeks after. Of course, uh, I once got sore getting out of bed this morning. It's probably the biggest injury <laughs> I've had. Key knows what it's like to be hit. <laughs> Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Penzoil performance line, including NFL insider Dan Graziano. And by the way, we really appreciate you listening to us every single uh, morning. It's great to have you be a part of the community. But one great thing, if you're an NFL fan... Check out Dan Graziano's overreactions column, overreactions, underreactions. Every Monday morning they're posted on ESPN.com. It's a great read to sort of get you your final word on Sunday as you look ahead to Monday Night Football. And Dan joins us this morning. Dan, uh, to kind of piggyback on what Booger said, they're 6-4. and four, Believe it or not, the Ravens are right now on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. Even with the expanded playoff picture, short week, best team in football. What in the world happened to this organization that was 14-2 and two and was the number one seed in the playoffs a year ago. Just didn't come together for them on offense this year. I mean, look back to last year. Everything they did in the 2019 offseason in terms of putting stuff into their offense to maximize Lamar Jackson, obviously it worked. He won MVP. They won 14 games. They were dazzling every single week doing stuff we hadn't seen before. This year, it didn't. You know, they didn't really have an offseason. Uh, and even if they had, there's no guarantee that it all would have come together, certainly the way it did last year. And whatever they've tried to do to evolve the offense just hasn't clicked. The quarterback, as brilliant as he is and as incredible as he was last year, is 23. These kinds of things happen with young players. It, the prog- progress isn't always steady and unbroken. Not everybody can be Patrick Mahomes. So I think what we're seeing with the Ravens is, is sort of a, a disappointing but not completely uh, unexpected bump in the road in terms of their development with Lamar Jackson as a young quarterback. And how they handle it from this point going forward will tell the tale of their organization and of his career story. But, you know, th- he's in good hands. That's a good organization with good coaches, and I think big picture they're probably going to be okay. This year, maybe not. Dan, uh, Lamar Jackson is due for an extension. Key and I have been getting into this over the last couple of days. Would you give him Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson type of money with the way he's been playing this year? Well, no, which is probably why the Ravens will want to do an extension this offseason and Lamar won't, right? Because he's not, he would have rather done it last year, but he wasn't allowed by rule. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it's the kind of thing that they'll probably want to see one more. Look, the Ravens, they believe in him. It's just a matter of when the deal is done. Look, so people know, you say uh, he's eligible for an extension. The rule is you cannot do an extension on a rookie contract until you've finished the third year. He's in his third year, but they still have him for a fourth year and they have a fifth year option for him for 2022. So while they can do an extension this coming off season, they don't have to. And if, if both parties aren't aligned on what it should be, then there's really no reason to think it won't float into next year and beyond. But yeah, he's, He's not in the best uh, bargaining position coming off of this year, uh, so the Ravens may, may prefer to try and start those conversations. I don't know how far they'll get.
Dan, speaking of extensions too early, Carson Wentz is a guy on my list that got one a little too <laughs> early, I would say, right? He's two more picks, Eagles lose, Doug Peters 3-6-1 and one as the head coach. What should they do in Philly with this quarterback situation? They have to get it right with Carson Wentz because they are stuck with him. His contract locks them in through the year 2022. If they cut him this offseason, it's a $59 million dead money hit. If they cut him two offseasons from now, it's almost a $40 million dead money hit. This is a contract that says, this is our franchise quarterback, we're riding with him, and they need to get it fixed. Because if they don't, then that's an albatross around the entire organization. It's not. It's one they're going to take years to dig out from under. And, you know, to put it simply, I'm not saying this is about to happen the next couple months, but big picture, if Carson Wentz doesn't bounce back at some point over the next year or two, everybody's getting fired. And they know it, and that's why they're continuing to stick with and work with Carson Wentz to try and get this thing right. Wow. Already on the hot seat after winning a Super Bowl in another year. Dan, let me ask you this question. I said, I said not right now. I no, said, I said, picture. no, Don't not, not right now. now, another year, another year. I give them another year <laughs> right. before we light the match. Um, Dan, let me ask you this. Which team should the Kansas City Chiefs be, I don't want to say afraid of or scared of, look out for in the AFC? The Raiders. I, if I'm the Chiefs and I'm looking ahead to the playoffs, which I'm sure they'll tell you they're not, um, I want somebody else to take out the Raiders. I don't want to have to do that again. They beat me once. They came within a minute of beating me again. They look like they're, they're absolutely not scared. Talk about scared. The Raiders are not scared of the Chiefs. They believe they can beat them. They believe they should beat them. They believe they're built to beat them. So head-to-head in the postseason, if I'm, looking at the, if I'm the Chiefs and I'm looking at the AFC playoff field, yes, Pittsburgh's undefeated, and at this point you would have to go there, and they would have had the bye. That makes them a favorite, certainly. But... In terms of teams that I feel comfortable trying to beat to win a playoff game, the Raiders are the thorn in the Chiefs' side right now, and I would hope, if I'm the Chiefs, that somebody else takes them out or, or keeps them out of the playoffs entirely so I don't have to try and do it again. It's really amazing to think that a 6-4 and four team could end up being Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite and his mention of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dan. The fourth team with an unbeaten record entering Thanksgiving game. Incredible. In the last 80 years. Fourth team with an unbeaten record Heading to Thanksgiving against a wounded Ravens squad. We'll get ready for a triple header on Turkey Day. Dan, thank you very much. You got it, guys. All right, Dan. One quick thing before we talk more about Joe Burrow, who has obviously become a very big story here as the injury diagnosis has become more firm. I'll get into that in a second. Did you hear what Dan said about the dead cap hit? Right now, the NFL salary cap is right around $200 million. It's $198.2 million. This is important to note. Dead money cap, dead money does not count against your cap, right? It's still on the books. It just doesn't count for your cap, right? So if he's saying your dead money hit on Carson Wentz could be $50 million, it could be $40 million, depending on when they decide to cut him, if that ever were to happen, that would be a full 25% of the cap. Again, that money does not count against the cap, but just think about that amount of money. That's a staggering amount of money, particularly no, when you it put counts, it in. It counts against the cap. Oh, did I misspeak? Sorry. Yes, it counts oh, against the cap. I misspoke. Sorry. No, oh. yeah, it counts against oh the cap. 25%. Oh. That's yeah. basically 25%. That makes me sick. And, and that's why I always tell you and Jay, like, you can't, it's follow the breadcrumbs, right? You can't just all of a sudden cut bait yeah. because that money accelerates. 
and what money do they have left? So when you talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, they don't really have anything left. They got peanuts. So they could absorb that salary cap hit. But when you got a guy like Carson Wentz, because of the way they structured the contract, it's hard to get rid of. It's just like Aaron Rodgers. Like when, when they drafted Jordan Love, everybody kept saying, oh, I'm like, dude, he's not going anywhere. The only thing they're going to do is restructure his deal, give him some new money, and extend his contract because they can't do anything with him for the next three years. Indeed. And, Jay, before we let you in here, I just want to mention, let me just mention after I misspoke, apologize. Thank you, Keith, for catching me on that one word I did not include. Um, and that is essentially 25% of your cap is out. Like yeah. 25% of your cap is out, right? Pac-Man, we're, we're chomp-chomp. Right, right. Going 1980s video games. <laughs> chomp-chomp all the way. Now you're dealing with just 75% of your cap, with that 25% being owed to one player for your cap that is no longer on your roster. That would be a devastating blow for Howie Roseman and the Eagles front office, Jay. Zubin, all I got to say is key. I look forward to every Sunday when Doug Peterson has to step up to that post-presser and just continue to ask answer questions about Carson Wentz. That's going to be my entertainment and my little mid-game uh, portion of Sundays. I'll tell you that right well, now. Well, that's why when you make decisions to pay guys early, you got to be sure. you got to be 100% sure that this was the guy, right? I mean, he's coming off a leg injury. He, he did help lead you to the Super Bowl. He put him in position. Nick Foles took over, ultimately go and win the Super Bowl. Then you give him an extension as if he was the one that actually played in the Super Bowl game and won the game. And and so it was okay to kind of wait. Just wait a little bit. Let's see what the injury looks like. Let's see what he looks like. Kind of just wait. You don't need to do it. This is why owners and general managers have protections in place to be able to, to see it through. Lamar Jackson, perfect example and situation. I can do Lamar right now. Right, but I also can wait because I'm not sure. Patrick Mahomes, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, not a problem. What do you want? Here's a blank check, no big deal. Deshaun Watson, I'm sure. What do you want? But there's certain guys that you're like, if I pay him, even a Jared Goff situation, I did not have to pay Jared Goff immediately. Now he's been okay, but I could have waited to pay Jared Goff. Indeed. And uh, Jay mentioned Doug Peterson at the podium. What's he going to say after every loss on a Sunday? Well, he was at the podium yesterday and got the most predictable question you might imagine. Jalen Hurts played one offensive snap. Regardless of the way Carson is playing, why isn't Hurts on the field more? And is this the type of workload and usage we should expect going forward? No, I think I could get him in the game a little bit more. What do you make of that? I was waiting for him to keep going. Is that it? Was that Bill Belichick or Doug Peterson? No, that was Doug Peterson, apparently. I'm like, I'm dialed in, waiting for him to say something. Well, but but I, you see, Key, this is going to happen every single time, though, Key. Like, and I, I feel you on Follow the Money. Like, You make more and more sense every time I hear you talk about this as it relates to Carson Wentz. I get that. But from the practical fan perspective, right, you're sitting there saying, Okay, the NFC East is horrible. I don't know how the hell we're still in this position. But if Carson is playing this way, if our goal is to win, like, wouldn't, isn't that the reason why we drafted Jalen Hurts? Didn't we draft him because we thought he could be somebody that could give us more opportunities if Carson was not playing at his best? So wouldn't you see it as, you know, if we're talking about a Taysom Hill and, and Drew Brees situation, can't we get him more involved in offense to see if he actually has the potential that could take us to the next level offensively instead of just 
uh, I guess we can get him some more snaps. Well, the, the Drew Brees situation is a little different because Taysom Hill was coming in replacing Drew Brees in games running a couple little trick plays here and there. He wasn't taking the snaps underneath center, throwing the ball all over the lot like he did the other night when they won the football game on Sunday night. It was a little bit different. But when you look at it for what it's worth, you you got to follow the money. They're not going to all of a sudden. Okay, here, Jay, you got to explain to me. I'm the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles. You're the general manager and the president of the team. Now you got to explain to me why in the hell you gave that dude $107 million and you asking me to yeah. sign off on benching him to pay a dude that has no playing experience at quarterback that we drafted in the second round when you convinced me to pay the other guy a year and a half ago a hundred and something million dollars. You got to explain that to me. Do you want to bring that to me? Do you really want to walk into my office know, and say, hey, I know. Key, I want to play the other guy, even though I just gave him a hundred and something million dollars and he's going to cost <laughs> us 50 million if we do anything. You really want to explain that to the owner? I know, Key, I guess... I- I guess I want to live in a reasonable wor- world where there's an admission of guilt, but in the world that we live in, it's not reasonable. That will never happen because my back is against the wall and I want to keep my damn job. I'm never doing that. What, what professional right. executive have you ever, professional executive, whether it's in sports or this business that we're in, ever admitted to they made a mistake? You're never going to hear, oh, we probably shouldn't have done that. That was a bad deal. They're never going to admit that. They're just not going to do it. It's egg on the face. There's no doubt about it, but Key's about to unveil in a minute certain teams that don't have egg on their face. It's the best teams in football, according to Key, right after SportsCenter. Rams send four. Brady back to throw. He spins it down the right side and intercepted. Intercepted by Fuller at the 30. His second of the game. He takes a knee, and that should do it for Monday Night Football. The rookie with two picks in Tampa Bay. And the rookie Jordan Fuller said as that ball was sailing towards him in the final minutes, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. He ended up sealing it. The Bucks drop a game. They've got Patrick Mahomes coming to town now on a short week. Joe Burrow, more specificity here, to his knee injury, tearing his ACL, MCL, and suffering other structural issues. That's from an MRI on Monday after he essentially tweeted on Sunday that I know I am done. We'll see you next season. Clearly, he's been placed on injury reserve. The biggest winner in all of this, not that there's any winner in a devastating injury, but the biggest winner short-term could be the Giants because now that they finally got to go win a game outside of the division, they're going to have to play the Cincinnati Bengals without Joe Burrow. Big spot for Joe Judge and company to take advantage. And the college football playoff top 25 ranking show will take about tonight. It's presented by Allstate at 7 Eastern on ESPN be very interesting to see who occupies that four spot. By the way, quick little note, whoever comes in at number three, sounds like a great place to be, right? Number three in the top four. The number three team in the first ranking has never gone on to make the playoffs since it began in 2014. Reese Davis, the host of the program, will join at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to get his thoughts on what we can expect tonight. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Okay. Key's real rankings. It's his because it's his. 
top seven, and we are about to break new ground, history-making, real rankings. Hang on about halfway through. We will make history on the long, well, short-lived Keys Real Rankings. We're ready to go with... I never Number seven. Green Bay. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Well, I think you relax here. Even though Green Bay lost a tough one to the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts had an amazing defense. They playing well. Phillip Rivers decided not to give the game away to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And look, the Packers, I know they lost to the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks ago. They beat up on the Jags and the 49ers. And a lot of people are sitting around kind of wondering what type of team this is. I think this team is still a Super Bowl contending team. You just don't know what you're going to get week to week. You may hit at the right time with the Green Bay Packers if you're a betting person with them because they are a good football team as long as 12 is a quarterback. Number six. Indianapolis. Phillip is in an elite category himself. We all know that. Well, here's the situation. Green Bay, I just mentioned, lost to the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers went out and took care of business against the Green Bay Packers. And you heard Coach Frank Wright right there say, hey, he's in an elite category. Maybe. Maybe at times he is. A while ago, he certainly was. I think the one thing that we are sitting back waiting on with Phillip Rivers is will he return back to interception Rivers that he was in L.A., just giving it away at a rapid rate? I don't think so. I think that he's settled in now with Indy. They have an opportunity to win this division, find themselves in a great spot. They take on Tennessee this week. We'll see what that looks like. Number five, Tennessee. I've been doing too many curls, so... I got to lay out the arms. Talk about the Tennessee Titans and talking about the Indianapolis Colts play each other this week, which is a big, big game. I think when you look at Tennessee and you talk about how they're playing football, it's about getting that defense to getting that defense going, but also about Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill getting back to form from last year that led them a deep run into the playoffs making sure that Tannehill is delivering the football and the receivers are catching it. Also, this game is about running the ball. Who wants to tackle Derrick Henry? Nobody. Nobody. (laughs) And that's what you got to lean on if you plan on advancing into the playoffs. Number four. L.A. Rams. We we can be as good as as we want to be, honestly. And this is a head-scratcher, right, because they beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. But I don't put – I'm not one of those guys that jump all in because Tom Brady plays for the Buccaneers. Oh, they're going to be great. Brady this, Brady that. The Rams went out there and took care of business. They got out of there with a three-point win. They probably should have won by more points than that. But they got away with the things that they're capable of getting away with. They protected Jared Goff. He delivered the football in rhythm, in sync to Cooper Cup, Reynolds, as well as Robert Woods. They ran the ball well. But the defensive side of the ball took care of business. That's why they're in the top five defenses in the NFL. Number three A, Seattle. <laughs> Mr. 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 Unlimited. And I know you say, how could Seattle be ahead of the Rams? And the Rams took care of business against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Well, I just like the way Seattle is starting to play on defense now. A couple weeks ago, not so much. They took care of business against Arizona. We all sat and watched that football game because we wanted to see exactly what the Arizona Cardinals was made of and Kyler Murray that he would just dominate the game. That wasn't the case. They went out and got Carlos Dunlap, and they went out and got Jamal Adams for a reason, and they showed up to the party against Arizona. And I think moving forward, that will be the same case. So, therefore, they're 3A for me. 3B, New Orleans. This may be the first time you work with somebody that's had a power ranking 
would tie teams at the number three spot, I'm sure, Zubin. Indeed. So now we have a, uh, I'm not sure if it's a top seven because there's eight teams in it, but it's your ranking. It's my ranking. The New Orleans Saints, baby. (laughs) It's nepotism at its finest. And I think when you start to look at the other two teams that are in front of New Orleans, New Orleans will be coming to the party at some point in time as we get into the playoffs late into the season. They may finish the year as the number one seed in the NFC. Who knows? But I can tell you right now, Taysom Hill went out there and took care of business against the Atlanta Falcons. There was no worry at all with Sean Payton. He knew exactly what he was doing. We all questioned, why not Jameis Winston? Why Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill showed you why. Number two, Pittsburgh. The last game was the last game. This one was this one. Here's the undefeated team, right? Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of people will say they're undefeated. They haven't lost. They should be number one. Well, no, that's not true because the team that's in front of them at number one is pretty damn good. They just struggle against the division opponents. Pittsburgh has a big game this week against the Baltimore Ravens at home. The Ravens are going to be missing some players, especially Mark Ingram and Dobbitt on the backfield for them. You look at that, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson, so Pittsburgh should walk away undefeated again. Number one. Kansas City. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. Uh, prime, the biggest one. And uh, might be a double. Well, it probably will be a double with a triple on the side for later. Uh, Coach Andy Reid is amazing. He's done a tremendous job at <clears throat> continuing to build the Kansas City Chiefs. This team, as long as 15 is their quarterback, much like Aaron Rodgers is Green Bay's quarterback, they're going to always be in the mix. And I know they had a little bit of a hiccup to, to, to a degree against the Raiders, but the Raiders are a division opponent. They're going to play them tough no matter what the case is. I think they're the cream of the crop in the AFC. The only teams that I could see giving them a challenge and a run for their money are the Pittsburgh Steelers and the, I almost said Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Indeed. We should mention that Andy Reid made that comment about the Cheeseburgers right after he won the Super Bowl, right after they ate the San Francisco 49ers for lunch in the fourth quarter, and uh, Reed has always been known as a cheeseburger aficionado. I, okay, I promise <laughs> you he didn't get a single, Patty. I promise you that. Well, you said double and triple. Jay, uh, America is wondering, riveted, <clears throat> who's your 3B? <laughs> well, first off, there's been nothing wrong with the triple-double. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I, I will say this, though, Key. I, I'm curious. The only objection I would have is the Bills not being in your top eight. Look, Top seven B. I don't know how to, how to actually categorize your rankings this weekend. Only because they, they beat Seattle, they beat the Rams, they beat the Raiders. That give KC such a tough game. And I know they lost to Arizona, which is kind of like their one questionable loss. But still, I mean that that game came down to the wires where to the wire where DeAndre Hopkins made just the world's incredible catch uh, to win that game. How come you don't have the Bills in your top seven A, seven B, eight? How come know, they I'm just not? How come they just not in the rankings? In other words, well, because I'm not a, a strong yes. believer in the Bills. I think that they're a good football team. I think they're going to win the division possibly, and they'll have a, a nice playoff game at home. But outside of that, they beat Arizona. Arizona's not good to me like that. I mean, they lost to Arizona, and Arizona's not good to me like that. They should have beat Arizona handedly, as far as I'm concerned. I don't. I just. I understand that they took care of business against Seattle. They took care of business against the Raiders. But it was a Seattle team that didn't have those players that I mentioned uh, that played against Arizona on the defensive side of the ball. It's a totally different team now than they were when those teams played them. Oakland's a to- Oakland. Las Vegas is a totally different team now than when they played them.
That is fair enough, no doubt. No doubt about it. Still to come, why Jared Goff's win over Tom Brady was almost two years in the making. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Those are the words of Ryan Clark last night on SportsCenter with Scott Van Pelt. Indeed, pressure gets to every quarterback, even the GOAT. Let's spend a few minutes talking to a fellow that protected one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That, of course, would be Jeff Saturday right there, Peyton Manning Center, and he's right here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Jeff, it's great to have you here this morning. I'm just going to reel off some numbers. Uh, keep in mind the last time Brady saw golf, it was a 10-3 Super Bowl where one snap was played in the red zone. One snap, the Sony Michelle touchdown. Last night, golf. 39 for 51, 376 yards. Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 145 yards. Robert Woods, 10 catches, 130 yards. Quite the mm. reversal from the last meeting, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, when you, when you think about the Buccaneers' game plan, I guarantee you the whole week they walked in saying, we're going to make golf beat us. And by God, he got he lit, he lit it up and beat you. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, whether it's Cup, Woods, and really those two guys – uh, just just decimated this defense. They put a bunch of zone coverage. They caught it underneath and then made plays after the catch. But you got to give Jared Goff a ton of credit. I know he threw two interceptions, but but at the end of the day, this kid did exactly what the Buccaneers wanted him to do, and they still won in that regard. Very impressive win from the Rams' perspective. From the Bucks, very disappointing and truthfully, Zub eye-opening on the offensive side for the Buccaneers, just struggling with anything from Tom Brady, 20 yards down. He was 0 for 6 again. Uh, j- just not the type of performance you, 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 you have to have from Tom Brady to beat these good football teams. Jeff, take me in a little bit deeper. Tell me what's wrong with Tom Brady. You know, they got to him early, Jay. Like, when, when you watch the game, Brockers, the first series, got to him. Hit him a couple times. Got him off his spot. You could tell, kind of rattle him. Donovan Smith, their left tackle for the Buccaneers, went out for an injury just briefly. Um and the very, the very next or the very first third down, you know, he chucks it. You know, basically Brady chucks it in the dirt, throwing to the left flat, and you can just tell. Hey, listen, any pocket passer, when you begin to move them off their spot, they get happy feet, right? They get uncomfortable, and just the accuracy of their ball begins to change. Now Brady's right, right, Brady's incredible. He's going to get back and find a rhythm, and he did. But anything down the field, and that goes from the very first deep ball that he tried to throw to Mike Evans on the left sideline, one-on-one versus Ramsey. He basically throws the ball out of bounds. 
It's like he can't find the timing with his receivers and put the ball where it needs to be, and he threw a couple ducks. But when you pressure him early and you pressure him often, and, and you know, make no mistake that the Rams' defense is for real. This wasn't just last night. They played well the entire season and probably gone on under the radar to some degree. But as you looked at their game plan, they forced Brady to try to beat them over the top, and he just didn't have enough throws and enough ability to get it done last night. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pinzall Performance Line. Jeff, the Bucks have Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. Should the Bucks get concerned at this point now? Heck yeah, they should be concerned. I mean, listen, the good news is they're in the AFC, NFC. So, you know, you're, from that perspective, you know, you, you're, you're a little bit happy. But from a record perspective, if you look at what they're doing, they're, they're not trending in the direction you want them to trend, right? From a, from a play perspective, like you want to see this team taking steps. Now, he and A.B. got into a rhythm last night that you, that you, you, you like. Um, but if you're looking at Brady, and, and, and they didn't run the ball. Listen, they didn't, you know, when you, when you talk about the Buccaneers, first, the two things that you talked about from an offense, you had to protect Brady and you have to establish the run. They did neither last night. So they left everything on Brady and those receivers. And the, and the Rams, I mean, their defensive backfield, I mean, listen, Jalen Ramsey, he locked up Evans, man. I mean, it was, a, it was a heck of a ball game, but but this is a big physical cat as well on that side, and you could tell they came in and, and played with attitude. The problem for the Bucks is that's what you play in the playoffs, right? Like, you, you don't get to go beat scrubs in the playoffs. Like, you got to go beat the dudes, and when you're looking at that type of defense, that was always the concern with Green Bay, right, is their defense and how they're going to but, – but the Rams and the Saints, these are two defenses that can play you with the front four getting after you. They can play you – Physical on the back end, linebacking cores can go make plays. When you have three levels that are playing, uh, you know, all three levels of defense playing that well, it scares you because the Bucks right now don't scare you. They have to, they, you know, Key, they got to find a way to have a three-play drive. You know what I mean? Like, like there's something just that's, that, that's comforting as an offense that you're supposed to be explosive when you could throw that thing and the receiver goes and takes it yard and all of a sudden you're on the sideline watching your defense go make plays. They don't have any of those. Everything's got to be a sustainable drive, moving it down the field, blah, blah, blah. You have to have that in offense. But at some point, man, you got to get a break of some big plays, and they're just not finding those. Indeed, they might get a little bit of a break because the injury ravaged 49ers are next on the short week for the Rams. Jeff, thank you very much. You can see Jeff on Get Up with Greeny and Gang coming up at the top of the hour here on ESPN. Jeff, thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate it, fellas. See y'all. See ya. That is notable. Short week, injury-ravaged team. That would be three wins in a row for the Rams if they can get it done against the 49ers, and then they're sailing. Yeah, they they, they should get it done. I don't see why not, right? Why wouldn't it? No I Jimmy agree. G. Oh, why not? On the way, the one team, Keys 3B, doesn't want to see. We'll explain. Thanks way. for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.